Welcome back to the Entry Level Podcast. If you are new here, welcome. We're excited to have you join us on the journey of being entry level in your job and at life. I'm here today with my co-host, Lindsay Bernard, and we are talking to Kelly Ziner today. So Kelly is a principal consultant for a medical software consulting firm. She's based in Charleston, but spends most weeks on the road. Kelly has been a consultant for five years, but started her career working as an application specialist for a medical software company in Boston. The consultant life poses both pros and cons, and we're going to talk to her about both of those today. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's kick off by telling us a little bit about what your career journey has looked like to get you kind of to this point in your career. Sure. So I went to college in Vermont, St. Michael's, and majored in journalism and mass communication. And at the time, I think I was under the impression I would graduate, find a job at a magazine, (laughs) or... Cosmo. um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, every... Living in New York. Living in New York. (laughs) Or working for television news station, broadcasting. So that was what... I was envisioning then, and we all know how life turns out. So I graduated. Well, so yeah, I want to ask you a little bit about that. So as a journalism major, you were, you were doing reporting and things like that. That's really how it was set up. Yeah. So in college, part of the major was to be on the school newspaper or news website. So we would do articles and interviews for that, and we had a senior seminar where you had to either write a book or create a short documentary or a website. So I did a short documentary um, at the time. Yeah, so ultimately in college, a lot of it was interviewing and doing different journalism skills, whether it be writing for a newspaper or website, short documentaries. What was your documentary about? Um, (laughs) So very interesting topic. The documentary was called Freeganism. And I actually got the idea from my sister at the time because I was telling her about the project and she was living in New York City. And she mentioned these freegans and basically what they are are people that find food in outside grocery stores or in New York City if anyone knows they put food out on the streets from the stores that maybe are expired that day brand new cakes things like that so freegans will take that food and reuse them it's not like they're digging through garbage or anything like that it's gross it's like shifting your mindset or conception of what these people are doing. They're actually all usually really well educated and mm-hmm. people, taking advantage of what's yeah. already yeah. there. Basically. Yeah. Usually yeah. they are, they have a home, they're not homeless or anything like that. And they're just trying to reuse and help the waste situation in the country. So we traveled to New York and interviewed people for, um, for that documentary. And so as part of being as when you were a senior, this was your thesis, you mentioned does it, did they set it up so that you could use this to help interview for jobs, like if you were going into journalism? Or what did that next step look like for you as you were kind of senior year, wrapping up, thesis, jobs? Like what was kind of going through your mind? And Yeah, I think typically when you're interviewing for a magazine or television company, something like that, 
you, they want to see a portfolio. So this could be something that you could have had in your portfolio. And part of that showcases your skills, but I never actually got that far <laughs> in the interviewing process with the journalism major. So I can't speak on that personally, but that is part of the program is to have something for yeah. your portfolio that you can show to future companies. I think Cosmo is hiring. Yeah. 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 So dream doesn't have to die. It doesn't have yeah. to die. But, yeah, exactly. Well, now I'm curious. You just, you just mentioned you didn't get that far in the interview process. So kind of walk us through what, what changed, what happened. I think just like, so I graduated college and the next step was to move to Boston in September. So we had this summer, our last summer, our last hoorah, as you call it. So living in Vermont, just waitressing and doing another job that I had an internship that turned into a, a day job and just knowing that my next step was to move to Boston. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care really at the time what job I would get in Boston. I just wanted something. So pay the bills. Pay the bills. Yeah, pay the bills, whatever that might be. Whether it was in journalism, that would be just a plus. So funny story, actually, I was at a bar that a, a local bar that a lot of the St. Mike's alum tend to go to called Ake's Place. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where the dreams go to die. I so do, there's I my I dreams of journalism I think died in Ake's Place. <laughs> but, uh, but other dreams were realized. Yeah, other <laughs> dreams were realized. So a guy that I had grown up with, he was a little bit older, was actually at the bars catching up with him and mentioned that I was moving to Boston in September looking for a job and he mentioned working at this medical software company and another girl from St. Mike's, he had dropped her name, had just started working there, said he would put my resume in and go from there. So I ended up interviewing and getting that job and just taking it because... Yeah, it was, was Yeah, it was 22 so you, and that was the job that yeah, and was you, offered to me. You told Sarah and I that you graduated in 2010. Yes. And we we did as well. And I mean, I can speak from my personal experience that, I mean, the job market was tough. I mean, yeah. there weren't a lot available. A lot of people in our class went to grad school or went to type of specialty because of that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I think we joked about people graduating from St. Mike's, the only students that really had jobs lined up were the accounting majors. So that was like one of the industries where people yeah. were getting interviewed during school still mm -hmm. before graduation. But other than that, it was kind of just whatever job you can get. Yeah. What do, you, what do you, I think a lot of people, we talk a lot about follow your dreams and your passions, like do what sets your soul on fire. <laughs> like I, I love that you say you found a job to pay the bills because that's the reality of life. Sometimes yeah. you take a job because you have to. That's just, that's, people have to do that. So I think that's interesting. If you, if you were to go back, would you still have, like it kind of led you to a different path, but a good path. Would you have, would you go back and, and do anything different there or would you have done exactly back? That's a good question. I think about that sometimes. I probably would have waited and found a job that I was more passionate about because think about how many hours of the week you spend doing your career, it makes you kind of crazy to think you're doing something that you don't really love. An application specialist was not <laughs> right, exactly. That you were but at the same about. time, I kind of did fall to really enjoy my career, and I have aspects that I really love. So if I had never gone into taking that first position, I wouldn't be what I'm doing now and I wouldn't have the luxuries that I have. Yeah. It led you down a different path, but a, yeah. a good one. Yeah. One so, yeah I may have actually struggled more going into 
what I've majored in. We'll talk about a little bit when, so when you started at this company as the application specialist, talk a little bit about it. What was your experience? What are some things that helped you in that kind of post-grad life, that post-grad job? We talk about that often on the podcast. Yeah. So the company that I started for was super fun. I would never take regret going to this company just because of the people that I met and the friendships I made and the skills that I had. But the position that you start in is called application specialist and you're with a bunch of other people. Everyone's pretty much under 30, if not 28 and under. So you're working with a lot of your peers. And once you learn the product, you start traveling, you get on the road and you're traveling all over the country together. So things get pretty fun and pretty wild. <laughs> so it's like an, almost like an adventure. Yeah, like you, it was you, like you an extension college of college. Yeah, yeah, you lose yeah. that adventure <laughs> in college. So this was helpful. Right, and yeah. you're getting paid for it. Transition uh, into yeah. adult. Right, yeah, right. The and the company come to, after working there a little bit, there's a lot of turnover just because it's young people and they are similar to me where they maybe just started there because they needed a job right away and they might find that they actually don't want to stay in the industry. So there is a lot of turnover in within the company. So you see your friends come and go and start new careers. But one of them, a lot of people leave for consulting, which is usually the expertise of the software that you learned at the company and you help hospitals who are utilizing the software implement it. So that's was it, was it competitive a, for you or did you, was it more of like you worked, you kind of had, when you started it at your company, you saw that path and worked towards it or was it you, you got to a point where you just interviewed and got, or how does it, how did it work? So for me, it was more of a personal journey because I met my husband and I knew I was going to move away from Boston and you can, you can only work for the company if you live in Boston. They don't have a remote workforce. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was going to be moving out of the state. And so the next easiest option for me would be consulting because I can live anywhere I want. Mm -hmm. So I knew that by moving, I wouldn't have the stress of having to find a whole new job or career yeah. in Raleigh, North Carolina. I could just kind of easily migrate into the consulting life. And I was traveling a lot at the time anyway. So I already knew the traveling part of it and the grind with that. So I knew that wasn't going to be a huge problem for me. Did you always know or expect that you were going to go into consulting next? Like, did you kind of always expect um, that? Was yeah, I step? kind of figured I was like, okay, I've spent three years here. I'm good at this, surprisingly. I And I enjoy traveling and working with the clients. Yeah. So I'm, why not go into consulting, which basically you make probably three times more than you were mm -hmm. before. Traveling maybe a little bit more, but you also are benefiting your career a lot more by going into the consulting. End. Yeah. And I feel like with what you started out with, it's a perfect example of, yeah, it brought you down a different path, but consulting opens up a huge, huge doors because even in my field being in cybersecurity or even accounting, you can go into consulting for that. So consulting, if you, if you're specialized, like you were, you really can open a lot of doors for yourself. Yeah. And I think that the skills that I've learned as a consultant, like you can be an, to be a consultant, you have to be an expert in something and so mm -hmm. my yeah. expertise was in the medical software part of it but there's so many other skills to it that you can carry with you to whatever career comes down the road next so if I wanted to leave medical software consulting entirely I still have a ton of different mm -hmm. skills now that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't gone into the consulting world so um, so what is a day in the life of being a consultant like? Like what is, what is it, or even a week? Yeah, yeah your usually it's a structure week. differently too. Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, so basically I am lucky. I always leave the 
for my client Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. So some people have to go Sunday nights. And and when I talk about my day in the life, this is strictly medical software consulting. Mm-hmm. I know there's other types of business management consulting and it could be completely different. But for us, we're usually supposed to be on the client by around noon on Monday. So I wake up probably four or five <laughs> in the morning Mondays, dreading it the Sunday before. Get to the airport by like six, get on my plane at seven, land and by the time I'm at the client is noon, you know, and so then your half day Monday is checking emails, checking in with the client, checking in with your project managers, grinding away at like whatever deliverables you need to to have for the next day. And the rest of the week is mostly like client meetings, project meetings, all team leads, again, more grinding with deliverables. And, and you're the subject yeah. matter expert there. So you're almost overseeing it and help develop it. Or what are, what are some of the specific things you're responsible for? Yeah. So we call subject matter experts aren't usually really like consultants. Mm-hmm. So I guess I probably started out as a subject matter expert in the part of the software I do is the physician clinics. Mm-hmm. So it's their scheduling and their their clinical software. But once you get into the consultant role, you do more than just like the subject matter expert work. You're leading meetings, you're doing all of the project plans. You're more of like a project manager for the the project for your application. And then we have our overall project manager. So what do you look forward to when you, you know, I I can imagine, I travel as well and having to, if I had to go out every Monday and come back every Friday, I think that would wear on me. But when you get there, what are some of the things that you like about it? And what are some of the things on your day to day that you kind of dread? Yeah. So what I like about the consulting is the travel. I do like seeing new places. Mm-hmm. I've been to almost all the States because of work. So growing up, I didn't travel very often. And then in college you go, what we did like spring break here and there, but not really all over the country. And it's really eye opening the different yeah. places in the country when you only know like a small piece of it. So I've loved being able to travel so much on like someone else's dime, not paying for all this travel and seeing our our country in the different areas. So yeah. that's probably my favorite part is traveling. And then I also enjoy working with the different clients. So knowing that, okay, this project will be over in six months. And if I don't really love everyone I'm working with, you know, there's, you're gonna sure. on, there's a moving yeah. on day. Or on the other hand, you do really make great relationships with people and I've become really close with a lot of the people that I've worked with which is another thing I love about it because you make a lot of friends but then it's hard to say goodbye too so how long does each engagement last typically at least a year for what I do because we do a full implementation Mm -hmm. so you start with the um, pre-project work the design phase and you're getting into all the building and testing and then they go live and you stay after so that ends up being for me, most of my projects are a year or longer. Uh-huh. Do you ever have repeat Yeah, yeah. Like, they'll come, call me back for optimization work, but it all is depending on how well you do. I'm usually booked up, so even if they want me to come back, yeah. I can't. So we do have repeat, like, work, but you might not be the one to go back. Yeah, so I, something interesting as you've been as we've been talking that keeps popping into my mind is it sounds like a little bit a nomadic life. I traveled a lot prior and I felt like that where you don't have, I, I felt for a while I didn't really have roots. I wasn't quite sure where I was going to end up. So talk a little bit about that because you are going from site to site, from state like from state to state. How do you feel balanced or do does that affect you? Maybe is it a personality trait that I didn't have? I'm just curious, like how does that affect you or what do you think? Yeah. So I mentioned like 
traveling is one of the things I really like about the job, yeah. but it's also a double-edged sword. And it's one of the things I hate about the job, which yeah, is funny. Yeah. It sounds weird saying that, but yeah. having to wake up every Monday morning and be sleeping in a hotel till Thursday really wears on yeah. you, especially a lot of the places that we're traveling to could be middle of the nowhere America. So there's not really much going on. It's not glamorous from what people think about or seeing the movies with traveling and consulting. I you heard know. Mississippi is really yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know why you're Kansas, Ohio, like <laughs> yeah. these places it's that... like where in the world is right, where, yeah. where in the world is coming to you? But I think yeah, like, even if it, I was traveling to New York City or Boston or something like that, you're spending your whole day at the client anyway, so mm -hmm, how much yeah. are you really like doing It's not afterward? tourist attractions. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it probably actually helps me health-wise by not being in those cities because I would be wanting to go out to dinner or yeah. like getting drinks every night. So yeah. at least when I'm in these small towns, you don't have those like temptations. Yeah, the grind of the travel is tough and being away from you, my, my husband and that all week and friends and family, it's... It's definitely tough, but I think I'm doing it just because of helping my career mm -hmm. and helping save money now in order to like look to the future. Yeah, so it sounds like maybe this isn't some the consulting lifestyle may not be a permanent career thing, and maybe it's part of your career, but maybe not forever. Yeah, I think a lot of the consultants I've had some that have worked 25 years, mm -hmm. and when I started at the company I'm at now, I was 26, and everyone else was at least 40 or mm -hmm. older, or a lot of them are, you know, 60. They're either kids have already moved on and are in college or above, or they don't have kids. There's very few people that are have young kids that do consulting work, especially women. So for me, at being at 26, I had a few more years ahead before I even had to worry about, about that. And I think now that my life's moving toward that direction, I will have to, like, shift and rethink what's important and what yeah. where my career yeah, what is, is prioritized yeah is it is there what's the if you could guess i'm sure we i don't think we have the statistic but what would you guess the male to female ratio is with the job you're doing now i think for my company it's a little different because we're in medical software a lot of the people that start consulting are actually nurses that worked at a hospital oh, that's interesting yeah they they were a nurse they worked at a hospital and they were implementing the software and they were on the team mm -hmm. they learned the software that way so we do have a lot of women, actually, probably half and half. But I think probably other consulting firms, management consulting or accounting services, probably you'd see more men. Yeah. Um, but for, for what I'm doing, we do have a decent amount of women. But these women you are 50 or 60 mm -hmm. age where their kids are already grown. And this is some a later in life career choice for them. So it's so like a lifestyle, a it's almost a lifestyle dependent career for in, in a lot of ways. Like there's yeah. a certain time in your life where it's probably just not an ideal situation, especially if you're trying to raise kids or have a family and be a part of your family on a daily basis. And you talked a little bit about avoiding burnout by not going out every night that you're traveling, stuff like that. Do you have other tips for people who have this type of nomadic lifestyle or travel? Like I was traveling this whole week and I'm going to need like a week just to you yeah. know, be a normal human again. And so I want, I'm curious what your tips are for burnout. <laughs> mm, yeah, burnout's huge. So I've seen a couple of consultants come and go just because of burnout. They actually, like me, enjoy the career. They enjoy working with the people at the hospital. They enjoy the work, but it's the grind of traveling. And I think for me, I try to only eat out dinner, group dinners once a week because that leads into having drinks and staying mm -hmm. late mm -hmm. and just maybe eating healthy. So I try to do that once a week. 
and I really try to try to exercise every day that I'm I'm there, and that's a huge part of it for me. Not staying at the client till six or seven that, at night. I think that's that's how I burnt out from the travel. Was I I stopped having a consistent workout. I wasn't, I didn't have a good schedule when I was going. And I think that's really good advice. Mm-hmm. You have to be disciplined almost with your health and, and prioritize that over. Exactly. And I think for me, it's the less hours that I work. You, people think, Oh, you're not working till seven at night. How can you be like delivering what we need? But for me, if I leave earlier and work out, I'm more efficient the next day. I'm, yeah. I'm a happier person to be around. I think I'm a better better consultant by, by eating healthy and exercising and taking care of my, myself Mm -hmm. too. So it just makes everything better. I don't, do you think the time away from home every week makes that time that you are home even better? Like you feel like it's stronger when you're home because you are gone so much? Yeah. So I try to call my husband on my drive, like to the hotel every night. He like brings me to the airport and picks me up, but we really kind of, you know, cherish the time we have together on the weekend. So I get home Thursday evening and then leave Monday morning and we spend a lot of time together over the weekend and you really like slow down and appreciate those weekends more and Mm -hmm. the time that you do have at home. And I talk to some of my friends here and they're like, you probably see the end more than we do because you're home all day Friday. You spend all this time with them (laughs) on the weekend. They're like, we don't really see our husband's. And we live here. We get home from work late yeah. after going to the gym after work, yeah. get home, maybe have dinner and go to bed. So it's not like you really are missing out too much. And that makes me feel a little bit better. But I think a part of the burnout we talked about too is psychologically yeah. in my mind. I have a lot of guilt when I leave every week. Just like yeah. I'm choosing to do this. I don't have to be doing consulting. I could get another job here yeah. and but it gives you so much that it's, it's pros yeah and it's, it's, it's yeah. a guilt feeling that you kind of have to psychologically wrap your head around that you're doing this for like the future and don't feel guilty and well um, and from what it sounds like it's it with what how hard you've worked and what you've done at both these companies it's setting yourself up so that when you do want to take a step back and actually work on site where you live you're going to have plenty of the resume to be able to do that which i think is incredible right mm-hmm. like, yeah yeah so like, the consulting skills like communications huge I've learned how to be like a better communicator listening part of it is uh being able to work with a huge different personalities Mm -hmm. because you're traveling to all these different sites in different areas of the country and you're working with all these different people and it's not like you're working with the same people every day like a lot of people do and they become to know how someone works Mm -hmm. you have to be very adaptable and learn the different personalities and get along with all of them so there's a lot of skills like that that's Um, great being one thing with the consulting that I find is difficult is it, because I said we go there every week for almost a year, you kind of become feeling like you work for that company. Yeah. And it's really hard. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get involved in the, the politics. Or yeah. The gossip. I feel like that too so with my clients. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's hard. And we call it um, acting like one of their employees because you can get, really get down a wrong path yeah. doing that and it can be a negative impact on the project. That's, so that I found hard because if I wasn't there as long, when you're there for a year, you've kind of become one of them and it's yeah. hard to, to get out of that. And so. you're the, that's, that's your work family. That's, I mean, for exactly. a year and you, yeah, that's great. So if, so you, you took a very interesting journey, journalism, application specialist, starting out entry level, yep. worked your way to be this consultant. Looks like you have a good path moving forward when you're ready to have kids and move into something else. But you're a recent grad, you're in your early 20s and you're kind of trying to figure, you're not necessarily liking what you're doing or you're kind of in that situation that I think from when we talk to 
to, to people and students, a lot of people are feeling that, that they don't quite know how to use their major. What's some advice that you'd give someone in that boat that's a senior or maybe a couple years out that's kind of like, I need to find something. What, what's some advice you'd give or maybe even any advice you'd give if they're thinking, wow, this sounds like something I'd like to do, you know, just getting into consulting. I think you have to be as typical, like a certain kind of person to mm-hmm. be able to get into consultant consulting and actually stay for at least a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely have to be able to be willing, you know, to be away from home um, and not, you know, sleep in their same bed every night and living in out of a hotel or a suitcase and being like very adaptable in that sense. Another thing you have to be able to, the client doesn't always like consultants and mm-hmm. they're never going to be like your own employer where they're giving you positive feedback all the time for your work because they, a lot of the people you work directly with, it wasn't their decision to have consultants. So they might not even want Yeah, to that's a good point. That's so a good point. you have to be the type of person that you can't always get positive feedback from all the work you're doing because you do work long hours. You work really hard on projects and you feel like you almost aren't giving them what they need because you're not feeling getting anything back. So you have to be able to know you're doing a good job without getting all that positive reinforcement all the time, which is hard. So someone like that might be okay doing consulting, but you have to have tough skin, I so guess. Is where, skin, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, coming into it and like knowing that you you oftentimes feel like you're not making a difference in the company too mm-hmm. that you're at because you can't fix everything. Yeah. If they have mm-hmm. different politics and things like that that you're you don't actually work there. So do what you can do and do your best work and if that's all that matters, you can't Great. hope for for getting positive feedback or actually like making a difference in the company because you might not always hear that. Yeah. So it sounds like the road traveled for you has been a positive one. Yeah, definitely. I've loved my career and I'm super happy that I got into the consulting world and wherever it takes me next, I know my company, like personally, they are going to do what they can do to keep me with the next steps in my life. So if Dan and I, you know, have a kid, they want to do what they can do to help keep me at the company. So I think I've put my time in now that I can also maybe get more remote work or do things Mm -hmm. from home. Yeah. So the years that I've spent on the road, I think are going to pay off in the long run. That's awesome. No, I, that, that's great. And I think that will really, really resonate. So Kelly, we really appreciate you taking the time and walking through the, the consulting life. I know Sarah and I have been wanting to get you on the podcast for a while, so we really appreciate it. But we like to do something fun at the end, and we do, I know we sent you some, but we like to do segments just to kind of end on a a light note, and because we talked a lot, we all travel quite a bit, we thought a fun segment would be the travel diaries, and maybe some annoyances with, or funny stories that have come from traveling from airport to airport. And yeah, if you'd like to be a part of that, maybe, uh, Dud, do you want to kick us off? Sure, yeah. So this is perfect timing. I just came off of a week of traveling for a work event. And I'll say it's come up a few times in my travels. My number one piece of advice, always bring a second form of ID and leave it in your hotel room because twice now I have managed to just misplace my ID when traveling. And I've never had to actually go to the airport without an ID, but I can't imagine it's easy. So I'm just saying it's number one piece of advice. Always, always bring a second form of ID and keep the two separated. It's, it's saved me a few times now. It's a good, it's good advice. <laughs> that is a good one. And actually I will say I had a friend who did lose her whole wallet here in Charleston when she came one weekend and we were freaking out about how she was going to get 
back home and it's actually easier. She went up to the guy and was through the security line before everyone else. Of course. Because <laughs> they know be more like, no. about you. They know more about you than you know about yourself. They asked her a few questions in a back room and she got through. But nice. yeah, it's still it's not home. worth, not, yeah. not ideal to lose your license and not have anything else to travel with. That's scary. You yeah. also can't get into your hotel room without <laughs> yeah. proper identification That's a good if you point. lose your keys. So <laughs> just saying another good reason. Well, speaking of hotel keys, that's one thing that drives me nuts is always deactivating my keys. Yeah. So I've learned to become a professional and not putting my key near my phone. Yeah, that's a good one. Or credit cards or whatever it is that causes it to be demagnetized because I am super exhausted on Mondays and I get up to my hotel room and all I want to do is get into their room and the <laughs> key doesn't work. Yeah. And I get blamed for it at the front desk for demagnetizing it. I mean, so, it's, it's 20. There could be nothing yeah, worse. Yeah, like figure How it out. How have we not figured yeah, this figure out? Yeah, figure this out. There could be nothing worse. I'm sure you that. have another good story. Oh, another I have. Grievance. I could talk about travel stories for the next few hours. But I'll give one thing. I've become a, what I call a little bit of a travel snob. Last week I was talking to one of my colleagues about how I was sick of the first class snacks that they're offering on American <laughs> And they were rolling their eyes saying first tough world life. problems, tough, tough life. life. You can deal with the snacks. Uh, so that's where I'm coming from with traveling. But I will say nothing drives me more mad than when I get into TSA pre-check lines and people start taking their computers out of their bags or taking their shoes <laughs> off me. or there's a nine-year-old man who can't understand what's happening and walks through the thing with his belt on yeah. or his pacemaker goes off. Oh my god. <laughs> like, well, it might not be his fault. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All I want to do is get through that security line. So that is one of my um, my big time grievances. Good. With the other being I oftentimes travel without having my phone fully charged, which is my bad, but I get up to security and I see I'm at like 1% battery and I'm just hoping that my phone won't die before I get up there and I have to go print out yeah. an actual <laughs> ticket. So I get super nervous that it's about to die with my ticket on my phone. Yeah. And then a lot of times I had my phone cracked for a little while and then I would get up there and it wouldn't stand because it was cracked and he would be lecturing me on getting my screen fixed and meanwhile I have to run down and go get a ticket yeah so printing the tickets is another one of my um that's a good one <laughs> so I guess I feel like I should just take keep I was going to tell a little a different story but I think I'll just air one of my grievances with flying as well my biggest pet peeve is when I'm sitting on the plane and I have my headphones in but the people next to me still continue to talk to oh, me the talkers. and the talkers oh. and here's the thing though I'll admit if I've got got to the airport early and I've been, I make friends at the hotel, the airport bar and I can be chatty sometimes, but there's a time and a place. And I feel like when you have your headphones in, it's, that's the time where you shouldn't kind of bug people. And the last four times I've traveled, I've literally put my headphones in, don't even have music on. I just don't want to be disturbed. And I've still gotten questions talking. Where are we? What are you doing? And so anyone who sits next to me on a plane, I'm sorry, because I'm not the best travel buddy. But <laughs> My <laughs> ultimate rule is always, yeah. <laughs> always travel with headphones in because I don't want to talk to anyone. But it, I will give you a word of advice. You probably made some sort of eye contact I know. with them. Never you cannot make, make eye, eye contact. contact. Never make eye contact. <laughs> you yeah. make contact. eye contact. One well, guy elbowed me because I wasn't <laughs> responding one time. And I like, you see flight back from Mexico. I mean, yeah. it was a long week. I just wanted to rest. <laughs> do you see? Do you see? And he starts elbowing me because I wasn't looking yeah. at him I, I don't know if you have headphones in that is the rule you should not be Never. talking I agree so, 
these maybe people need etiquette on. entry level flying everyone <laughs> yeah, entry, entry level, level flying. flying if someone has headphones in no um this was great kelly thank you so much yes. for walking through the consulting life and i feel like so many people are in your spot graduating and figuring out what they're going to do and i think if anyone has comments or questions for kelly please reach out email us we'll get you in touch with her and we really want to make and if anyone wants to be on a follow-up episode or has any other advice around consulting please let us know but kelly thank you so much it yeah, was great thank you, kelly. thanks for it's having great. me and you'll find uh, Kelly's episode on uh, Instagram also at Entry Level Podcast. We'll be posting promos for all of our upcoming episodes there. So check it out. Thanks, guys. Thanks.